Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hello Hosty podcast. Today I am joined by Lame Kinikini of Elk Ridge Management Utah. And Lame was able to scale from zero to 80 properties in one year. A fascinating, a fascinating story. Really well done for achieving such rapid growth. Uh, would you like to give us a bit more information about how, how did you how did that happen? Yeah, first off, I appreciate being here. Um, you invite me to be here to share my story. Uh, you know, I don't consider myself anybody special, but I, you know, I kind of stumbled upon an industry that, you know, a lot of people have kind of these fears in real estate and Airbnb. They have these misconceptions that you have to have a lot of money or a lot of experience to kind of start the business. And, you know, what I like about this industry specifically is that's not the case, right? Um, and so kind of to go and rewind back to my story, um, you know, I originally, when I wanted to get into this space, I was trying to figure out a way to scale as quickly as possible. Um, and obviously I didn't have as much capital like most don't of, you know, being able to just go buy a house. Um, and so I started with arbitrage, mm -hmm. I started with arbitrage, which essentially is I would just go find the landlord that'd be willing to let me rent the house and sublease it and airbnb it out and that's yep. kind of how we started because that's cheap right you don't have to own the house you just have to come up with money to furnish it mm -hmm. um we found our first 10 15 doing arbitrage that led to a pretty stable brand to start marketing for co-hosting and then we took a lot of co-hosting on from that point which is pure bottom line and then now we've kind of jumped into the creative finance where we've been buying property so that's kind of in a nutshell how it all started and began i have so. I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. I have so many questions. Okay, let's begin with the, the the first. For me, the most obvious. And for the Brits, arbitrage is what we call rent to rent, uh, or okay. R2SA, as we love an acronym. Um, awesome. And so, okay, so the, the challenge a lot of people face when they're looking to do arbitrage or rent to rent is getting owners to have faith in them that they're not going to mess their property up, that they're going to deliver, they're going to pay them and all the rest of it. How did you cross that hurdle so quickly with so many? That's funny. I, that's a really great question. I ask quite a bit. Um, part of my background is uh, sales. I actually did old school door-to-door -door sales for seven years. Um, a lot of people think that's a dead industry, but there's actually a lot of money still to be made if you know how to, how to sell, right? Um, and that really, I, I attribute my success very quickly in the rent-to-rent -rent model or arbitrage model I attribute my success there directly to my ability to sell. Um, and so, and, I, and that's the advice I would give anybody is like, if there's anything you're going to do to invest in yourself to like grow a business like this quickly, it's to learn how to sell. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I, you know, and, and really selling at its core, in my opinion, at its highest level is just relationships, just talking to landlords and walking them through the process of, Hey, this is how you're protected with liability. This is how we make money. And this is how you make money, right? And being able to communicate that effectively and create and develop a relationship where they trust you. Um, I'd say that's what led a lot to my success very quickly in the rent to rent model. Amazing. And uh, uh, I've got two more questions off of that. So um, in terms of learning to sell, how did you learn to sell? Because I, I, I've worked in sales. I'm, I'm somebody that can, I can talk, yeah. but it's a big difference between just being able to talk and actually knowing how to sell that these are two Absolutely. very different skill sets. So how did you learn to sell? So, um, I, you know, a lot of people are, familiar, and I, I actually don't know if the UK, if the industry is as prominent as it is here in the U S but 
you know, door to door sales is still pretty active. And, you know, taking a sales job where you're on the phone, that's, you know, there's a lot of skill sets that can be learned there, but it's a whole different game. When you knock on a cold door, they're not expecting you there and you have to essentially create a relationship and sell a product to them to somebody that was never expecting you. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I, I just think there's a lot of skill sets that came for seven years. What I would do, imagine this is I'd knock on a door, people would come out. I, they'd feel bothered. They'd feel upset. But then 20 minutes later, I'm walking out of the house. I have a signed contract, a cold Coke in my hand, and they want me to marry their daughter. Right? Like what happens in between that 20 minutes is really high level relationship building, trust building and navigating communication to, Mm -hmm. to get to an end product. Right. And so that's, that's how I learned. That's how I cut my teeth was really just throwing myself into almost the most elite of cold sales. In my opinion, it's the hardest sale. Yeah. Baptism of fire. Yeah, absolutely. Baptism of fire. Yeah. You must, you must have some, uh, some confidence to walk up to somebody's door and just start selling and you don't know who's going to open that door. Yeah, absolutely. No, exactly. And there's a lot of, I mean, if you can knock a door and sell it, then what's a landlord? Yeah. 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 Our property. (laughs) Yeah. What's a landlord? Yeah. Yeah. After that process, I bet you're just like, yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So back, back to the theme of, of, uh, of hosting. So, um, once you've managed to 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 scale so quickly, you must have had to you must have had to to develop systems rapidly. How do, do you outsource your maintenance, cleaning, physical side of the business? How do you how does that work? How did that work in that in that rapid scale? Yeah, really good question. So, um, as you know, this industry can become very overbearing if you don't create systems and delegate quickly, especially at scale. Um, I was blessed to really have, um, you know, different mentors in the space. Uh, Kyle Stanley being one of them, shout out to him. Um, he's out of Fresno, California, but I just, I was huge on education on just learning other people's systems and processes of how to do it. And then implementing them in my own way in my business. Um, and that's what I did. I, you know, I, I think the biggest hurdle for most, uh, business owners in this space that they have when they come to scaling is delegation. Like, cause it's your baby, right? Like you don't want to give it to somebody to do something that you feel they can do less effective than yourself. Right. Um, I've been blessed to not ever feel that way. Right. Cause to me, I, I'm a huge delegator. In fact, like there's, if I ever am doing something in my business and I hate it, like I will immediately try to find somebody to replace me and win my time back and they can do that. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. And it, it lent itself really well to scale to where, you know, I was able to find, you know, all of these key people um, in our business to kind of run it. I have Josie, who's kind of my operations director under her. I have three main heads on the cleaning design and then the uh, management piece. And we, we've we actually in-house everything. We've done that to maximize our margin. Amazing. Um, so our, our management, our, um, excuse me, our cleaning and our maintenance are all in house and even our design of the property. Um, and we did that because that was the best move to create very competitive pricing on the management piece while still making money across the entire vertical. And so rather than just trying to make all our money on the management, we actually have very competitive pricing comparatively to the competition here on the management piece where we're taking less. We're at about 20%. 
Whereas most people are, you know, anywhere between 30%, some 35%. But then where we actually make a lot of our money is in the design and in the actual cleaning, because I own both those verticals. So I pay my cleaners hourly wage. Meanwhile, I'm taking standard market rent on mm. the actual property itself for all of my co-hosts and the same with maintenance. When anything is done, it's done through me on an hourly wage. And then I just take the market rate. So that's how we've been able to develop it. And it's been good for us because it's retained our margin while allowing us to grow really well because we control all the pieces. Yeah. So are you still in a, um, let's say in a phase of growth, are you taking on more properties? Yeah. So we're growing really heavily. I've actually, you know, I, I have stepped away from my management side, like in terms of the day to day, I don't manage it much. I'm really most, most of my time is now spent on the top of the business, trying to push it forward, gain, generate new business because sales is my thing. So I'm kind of the whole acquisition piece. Um, but we've done a lot of buying now we're buying a ton and Honestly, this is a plug for anybody in the space that's listening to this. If you are not in the creative finance space, and I know there's a little bit, some limitations depending on what country you're in, but if you're not in a space where you're leveraging the income from your STR management, property management company to buy properties, if you're not doing that, you should. You're missing a big piece of the cake, right? Because now, rather than taking on co-hosts and all these, I'm kind of creating a customer by buying mm -hmm. the houses, finding the investor, and then managing the property that I hold co-ownership in, right? And so I'm kind of creating my customer. So we're growing still, but we're just growing with a longer term picture in mind, if that yeah. makes sense. So uh, as I said, we love an acronym in the UK. It sounds like you're doing buy, refurbish or refinance, and then service department or service accommodation, short-term rentals. So, but you're buying with investors, using the investors fund to purchase and then you're taking them in in your management company. Yeah. sounds very smart. Sounds Correct. smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's um, it's a, it's a great place to be, but as, as you said, you need to be able to build relationships to do that. So I guess that's something that people should be focusing on in their business process, because that's the direction that the next level up from, you know, just a couple of properties is exactly as you said, purchasing and, and using investors to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, What's the biggest challenge you face in business today? You know, the biggest challenge I think is just really finding ways. And I think everybody's feeling this, um, just finding ways to be consistent in a very inconsistent real estate market. Um, we're in a dip right now, um, you know, across the board, you know, I don't know how it is in the UK or where you're at um, in other countries, but in America, at the least it's, you know, we're seeing a, huge dip in 20, 25% uh, bookings across the board. Um, and so being able to try and pivot and remain profitable um, is the biggest challenge is trying to find ways to make money in different ways. So, right. So you're, but when you say a dip, is this about um, in terms of short-term rental values or is this in terms of property values? Both. Both. So right. real estate yeah. as a whole yeah. um, naturally um, is taking a hit on the actual depreciation side, but then mm. also short-term rental specifically. People are traveling less, right? Mm. So, and I think we saw a big boom because of COVID. People wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of slowing down and it's not yeah, what absolutely. it has been, so. Yeah, it, I think uh, in, in in Europe, it's it's a little bit slow slower off the mark, uh, the, the sort of the economic recession. 
they say that uh, in um, in world economics, if the United the United States catch, uh, sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. So we're probably going to get it a little bit after you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that expression. But, yeah, um, I like yeah, it too, I think I think it's true as well. You know, I saw I saw I'm old enough to have been through the 2008 credit crunch. Saw what happened then, and um, yeah, I think probably we got it coming. But I mean, it's not it's not amazing right now in 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 Europe, but it's still not too bad. Uh, and yeah. of course, short term rentals like this is a this is something that people don't necessarily need unless they're traveling for work. They don't need these things. It's like a luxury product, so they it's going to get hit. It's going to get hit. Yeah, yeah. So how do you keep track of all of your bookings and communicate with your guests and team? So we uh, we use uh, we have a huge tech stack of probably about six different you know softwares. Um, our PMS, our primary property management software, is uh, Guesty. So we use Guesty that manages all the calendars across the board. Um, my team communicate we communicate on WhatsApp. Um, that's kind of how our team communicates. Um, and then between that, we have Price Labs, Hospitable, um, kind of a whole slew of other things that we use to communicate and run the business. So yeah. and automate. Smart dynamic pricing. It revolutionized my game. I mean, back, I tried it out 10 years ago, right? And it was, it cost me a fortune. They mucked up all of my rates and it was like, oh, it co- <laughs> like I got all of these bookings come through for pennies. And I was like, what? You know, and you can't cancel all of these bookings with some of the platforms. So yeah. they cost me a fortune. I got rid of them, didn't use them. 10 years go by or eight years go by. And I have a conversation with a guy in France and he says to me, do you use a, a dynamic pricing tool? And uh, I said, no, like I can't stand them. They're terrible. And he said, you must. Like, honestly, he said, up to my income, up my revenue by 20%. So I've given, you know, I've got, we've gone back to, we've gone back to uh, pri- Price Labs is what we use, dynamic pricing. Awesome. Yeah, and it's great. It's like really good. It it not only does it save loads of time, but it ups the price when you wouldn't necessarily up it. You know, in a moment where you might you might miss the opportunity to increase your price. It's not just about taking a lower price. And uh, so yeah, I'm like all guns blazing on a dynamic pricing tool. Can't wait to see what AI does with it as well. <laughs> no, exactly. I think yeah. that's going to be a game changer in terms of automating. Yeah, no, I think it's the future. And yeah, I imagine ten years ago it probably just was very very just kind of new probably you know yeah it was very new i think the concept was there the idea was there and they were trying their best um and and it was the same with with channel managers we gave a channel manager a go like really gave them a go so much so that i went to the offices of this channel manager which was in another country i went there deliberately and said like educate me show me how to use it it's so complicated i need to sit with somebody and i'm i'm not i'm no fool like you know uh, educate me show me and sitting in the room with this woman and I said, what's the number one, one reason people use your software? And she said, oh, calendar synchronization. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. And uh, yeah. another eight years go by. <laughs> but we're, yeah. we're actually in the moment, at the moment, in the process of building our own uh, channel manager, PMS, um, short-term rental management software, just for the fact that I've trialed a load of uh, softwares and there wasn't any that really hit the spot with uh yeah. with uh, with our needs so watch out 2023 here we go yeah i'll let you know when that uh when that product's out please do that's exciting good for yeah, you yeah absolutely um so you've told me what you spend most of your time doing as a host um but looking back what advice would you give to your former self starting out really good question um i feel like there's a lot of things 
<laughs> that I would do different. I, I think primarily, um, you know, just attention to detail um, in terms of tracking your finances um, and tracking all of the right data to make the right decisions. I think when you're seeing early growth, like I was, I was just very focused on growth period. Like I'll just take business wherever I could take it. Right. Um, and it led to, you know, now coming across our year mark, we're, we're, we're chomping at the bit to let go of some of our arbitrages and let go of some of our co-hosts just because early on, you're all about like, I'll just take any business how I can get it. Right. Um, but you know, not all money is good money. Yeah. Um, especially when you're building a business that's sustainable. And so I, I think if I could go back and have a conversation with myself, I'd tell myself like, Hey, you know, stick to your guns, you know, you know, who your ideal customer is and just be, you know, just be smarter with growth. Some so. excellent advice there. Some excellent advice. You know, I had a conversation with somebody, uh, this week who's looking at getting into this business. And they were saying to me that they had um, a load of one beds and studios on offer to them. And they said, they asked me if I would take them. And I was like, no, no way. <laughs> like for the amount of work you're going to do on a one bed or a studio, you could go get yourself a four or five bed. And you know, the, the margins are so different. Yeah. It's the same amount of running around once they're set up. And um, yeah, so I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess that's what you were, you were saying there. That, um, is it bedroom sizes as well you were talking about? I mean, number of bedrooms that you were talking about. Yeah. And really, I mean, it's going to be different for every market, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's part of it is understanding where is the best bang for your buck? Where is your time going to be spent most relative to what you're going to be making? Um, right. And for me early on, you know, it, ironically, it was almost the exact same scenario. I was just taking kind of these smaller things and it wasn't until I realized my avatar was families. Most people that are traveling to Utah are families mm -hmm. that I started to kind of get into kind of bigger properties and to your point it was all under one roof and it was less work right so yeah more excellent. margins yeah another question tell me what's what's so great about where the places you manage the area what's so great about utah for guests to visit yeah so utah is a big um ski place i mean we had the uh, winter olympics here um a few years ago um actually it's been almost a decade so a while ago but we're known for our ski um and then also we have a lot of four seasons around that. So like we have the Moab Arches, uh, Zions National Park. Uh, we get a lot of international travel for some of those parks. Um, and then there's there's a huge presence of the LDS Church um, that's here. And so that brings in a lot of families. Uh, people are coming to visit their families for church reasons, baptisms, graduations, weddings. Um, and those are things that luckily we kind of just stumbled upon it just because this is where i live but that's a pretty stable avatar right people are coming to these family events in the midst of a recession whereas like these vacation spots you know like kind of the arches the moab arches design parks these areas that i'm telling you they're actually feeling a harder dip than some of these just normal residential places just because the first thing that goes off people's list in a recession is vacation Right. And so if you can manage to be in an area and serve an avatar that's going to be coming for, you know, a reason that is worthy of spending money on, even when you're making less than years past, like it's, you can find some stability in that. And that's what we've done. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well done. It sounds, it sounds like a lovely place. I've not been there, but 
kind of want to go there now. <laughs> yeah. Please, hey, I got yeah. plenty of places for you to stay. So. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I'll definitely hit you up. Elkridge, I'll find you. I'll, I'll come I'll come stay in one of your places. <laughs> right, excellent. Love, mate. It's been lovely talking to you. And um, if people want to find, find out more about you and they want to get in touch, how will they go about doing so? So easiest way to get in contact with me is Instagram. Uh, so my Instagram handle is Hailamek. It's my full name, H-A-I-L-A-M-E-K. And then uh, in there, you'll find my company as well, just in my bio, which is Elkridge Management, E-L-K-R-I-D-G-E-M-G-M-T. So. Excellent. Lame, thanks for your time today. It's been great talking to you. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Most welcome.